you're listening to Orgasmic Relationships, a podcast designed to show women how to create deep, passionate, soul-stirring relationships. Each week, we will discuss topics ranging from dating, situationships, marriage, divorce, and everything in between. So if you're ready to transform your love life and shift your perspective about what's really possible for you, you're in the right place. there ladies and welcome back to another episode of Orgasmic Relationships. I am your host Sharika Matthews, life coach and relationship expert. So I must admit I am really really excited about today's episode because I have been dying (laughs) to talk to someone about these documentaries that Netflix has been putting out. First it was The Tinder Swindler and then it was Bad Vegan. And both of these documentaries are focused on successful women who have fallen victim to manipulation and fraud by someone that they met online. And with online dating being so popular right now, I think we need to have a conversation about online dating, how to recognize manipulation, and how to protect yourself while you're online dating. And to help me have this conversation, I have invited DJ Robinson, life coach, emotional intelligence practitioner, and the creator of Playing for Keeps, a dating app dedicated to helping people create deeper relationships with uh, with themselves and with others. Hi, DJ. How are you? Welcome. I am good. Thank you for the introduction. How are you today? I am well. I am excited and I cannot wait to get into this conversation, (laughs) ma'am. So, you recently watched The Tinder Swindler, right? Yes. Tell me, <laughs> what are your initial thoughts? Just whew. so my <laughs> my initial thoughts were definitely like everybody else's. Wow! But then, as yeah. I reflected even more on just the documentary, I not to that scale, but I definitely could relate to some of the women um just yeah yeah but overall though it's yeah it was wow how much money they got scammed out of all of it yeah 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 it was crazy (laughs) yeah you know and I'm one of those people when I watch a show if it works my nerves at a certain point I'll get up and walk away and um... I did that too (laughs) I did that too It worked my whole nerve. I was like, Lord, have mercy. And what's funny is I was here at my computer at first. Watch. I think it was, it, I was watching on the weekend or something like that. So I was mm-hmm. here at my computer watching it. I was like, this is some BS here. I done got up. I done went and talked to him. He was my fiance at the time, but my husband, I was like, this stuff don't make no kind of sense. Like what is really going on? He's like, what are you talking about? So I made him sit down and watch it with me. He's like, what the hell? But, you know, it's funny because in all seriousness, when you hear stories like that, it is so easy to judge. It It is is. so easy to say, oh, that would never happen to me. But (laughs) I think on some level, most of us have been manipulated, maybe not to the extent of giving people thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to support their lifestyle, 
but I can be the first to admit, yeah, I let somebody drive my car before and, you know, he wasn't even in a committed relationship with me. <laughs> I mean, and even me, like I can admit that, you know, while dealing with a guy, I would help with giving money, not to that amount, but giving money and helping and stuff like that. And it ended up biting me in the butt later. Yeah. And, you know, you take those lessons and you apply it to the next, you know, relationship or whoever you're dating. So yeah. there was a lot of red flags, though, straight from the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, one thing that my husband tells me all the time is that I ask a lot of questions. And I right. really do. And I and I think that may have been my personal saving grace from not being manipulated to that extent. Because I'll help you out once, maybe even twice. But come that third time, sir, I need an explanation. I got questions. And that's good that you're like that. I think there's so many people are afraid, just getting down to the deeper level. So many people are afraid of being abandoned or rejected, especially yes. when... Like he kind of like he love bombed them basically at first. And then yes. all of a sudden now he's having all of these issues and you want to be accepted by this quote unquote billionaire. And it's like, okay, he's painted a picture where it looks like he's in trouble. If I ask certain questions, will will, you know, I be, will he leave me alone and I won't right. be able to get the initial things that I've gotten and all of that stuff. But it's really being able to look through the smokes and mirrors and, not right. care about that stuff, which can be tough for some people. Right. You know. Especially as we get older, what I've seen is, especially women in their 40s and maybe even 50s who are single and want to date, they want to date men who are successful, who have the perception of success. And then on the other side of it, and I hate to say this out loud, but a lot of women, especially in our 40s and 50s, are desperate for a relationship. We're desperate yeah. for marriage because either we have been single for so long or we used to be married. We know what it's like to be married and we desire that closeness, that companionship, that, that loving relationship again. And so we tend to either lower our standards, like you said, ignore the red flags and do things we would normally do if we were grounded and had a healthy sense of ourselves and a healthy sense of reality. What totally, do you think? Totally, totally agree. And, and kind of, and even for, I can talk about my age group. Like I'm in like the, you know, mid to low to mid thirties or whatever. And yeah. the, the, was it the time clock is ticking or whatever. So for yeah. us, we're, we're trying to find that perfect person too. And we'll either lower our standards or we don't have standards. A lot of women don't even have the correct standards. And that's where, you know, coaches come in because people don't understand sometimes their upbringing will cause like why they don't ask the right questions while they're dating or when you're swiping through profiles, why you're not looking for those red flags. Like, right. would you really talk, if you really think about it, like Prince of Diamonds, like, would you really... Like, if you're in your right mind, would you really swipe right on somebody who claims they're like the Prince of Diamonds? Like, that sounds like an arrogant airhead to me. Right. That, I don't know if I would want to. That's that's just me. Um, Or yeah. even like you was just bringing up, like, I'm going to ask questions. A lot of women don't ask a lot of questions, again, right. due to not wanting to be abandoned. Or if I ask too many questions, he's going to stop talking to me. And so right. how do we heal those parts, too? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. To help with think, dating. And I think we heal those parts by 
learning to accept rejection as redirection. Mm. You know, when we reframe that rejection from something personal that's attacking us to something that God is doing to put us on the next best path for ourselves, then it doesn't become so scary. Right. Because when we, when we, so I remember dating and again, I've always been this inquisitive person. And sometimes, especially when the guy was up to no good and I was asking questions, they would get so offended. Like, why are you asking questions? They flip it around on you. Like you don't trust me. You must be asking questions because you doing wrong and all this stuff. And so Mm -hmm. that's part of that manipulation where the, the person switches the focus from them and then focus on you and then start firing the accusations towards you. So now you're in defensive mode, you're emotional and you're, you've lost sight of what the conversation was really about. True. You know, so, and I actually, um, I looked up this word manipulation because I wanted to really understand what it means. And it says manipulation is any attempt to sway someone's emotions to get them to act in a certain way. Isn't that, that that's really accurate because mm-hmm. going back to your point, when you said ten, on Tinder and they put Prince of Diamonds, that's an emotional cue because first of all, how many Prince of Diamonds, you know, going to be on a $10 app or however much t- a Tinder is? <laughs> None of them. Like why, why would he want any, um, anybody of, that's not of their caliber. Most people that have that would be a Prince of Diamonds or really would have money wouldn't be on Tinder or any right. of the common dating apps. So right. they would be on Matchmaker. They right. hire a professional matchmaker. Right. But when they say Prince of Diamonds, that was an emotional trigger for mm. a lot of women because it's like, oh, he got money. He's successful. He could take me out to uh, what's the restaurant? Ruth Chris or um, Steak Forty Eight or whatever our favorite <laughs> restaurant is these days, right? Right. It's an emotional trigger for a lot of women because, it, and I'm speaking from Sharika experience now. We have dated so many men who weren't financially in a position to date us the way that we desire to date. That's true. You know, after the third date, they're asking us to pay for all the dates. After the fifth date, they're asking us to help them with their car note. After the seventh date, they need a place to lay their head at night. Right, right. (laughs) So I I can get the, the, I can get why the flip and why you said that Prince of Diamonds would emotionally trigger a woman who probably have came from the other side. And then they see that and they're thinking maybe it would be an upgrade if they did swipe right. Cause now I'm thinking of it maybe, and I would have a conversation with the person just to see where their head was at right. or for entertainment. I probably would. Yeah. Probably. I, w- I would swipe on them too, because I'm like, okay, I'm curious about this first. I would still hmm. ask a million and one questions. I want to know why <laughs> are you on this dating app, sir? Like literally <laughs> if you are truly the Prince of diamonds, if you are truly an heir to a diamond empire, sir, I'm going to need you to be like in the show, like he was taking trips to Mykonos. He's on yachts and stuff. You have a whole playground. Right. Of people who are, and I hate to, this is going to sound real shallow, but you have a playground of supermodel type women 
you have a whole playground of women who come from, um, you know, like, I don't want to say dynasties, but um, is it the well like families? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So why are you Why would you to- be on a day now? Or is it like in the beginning of Tender Swindler where she talked about the Cinderella story? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, and it's crazy how as an adult, like we're common sense wise, but we all have our inner child. And if you're yeah. somebody who fancies the Disney movies and you know one aspect of reality, but then there's that that inner child that still craves some of the romantic stuff from those movies. So sometimes yeah. we will let our inner child take the driving make wheel and mm-hmm. we make decisions and we end up doing some crazy ass shit. And I think that's what happened to the first girl. Like, um, because if she would have asked the questions that you that you mentioned, I think a lot mm-hmm. of things would have it would have blocked her from a lot of stuff. But yeah, you don't ask those questions because you can you you see it in the Disney movies, so it's possible. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, my inner child just came. I was like, well, maybe maybe the rich guy will want the poor girl one day. I mean, out. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I'm loving this conversation because, again, thinking about how how we have evolved as women, right? Women, mm-hmm. we are making more money. We have higher paying jobs. We have more right. demanding jobs. And there is a lot of question, especially in social media world, about are women too successful? Are women behaving too much like men? And I remember in my, I had to be maybe late 20s. I had to be, yeah, late 20s or early 30s. I remember thinking that if I had to give advice to someone, a younger woman, I would tell them, don't buy a house too early. I will tell them, don't be too successful too early because you may turn away or or intimidate other men. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> I, cause you, and it's sad because I'm like at that age bracket now, and that's what I, that's kind of what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Would I advise a younger person that? No, because of you know knowledge that I yeah, have now. But I'm in that, I'm in that age bracket, and I've had those issues, and the pickings are super slim for me yeah. because of just how society is and how men have been developed because of society. But I would like to hear more of your point to what you were about to say. Yeah. And so I started lowering my standards. I started, I started compromising my boundaries because that's what got me into a lot of the relationships I had before. Instead of waiting for the man who was emotionally, mentally, and financially in a position to be in a relationship, I will meet a nice guy and let the nice guy be enough. And this is not saying that nice men finish last, but you need something more than just niceness. Right. I had to learn that <laughs> myself. Like, I'm finally learning the balance between the, the guy that's a hot-ass mess mm-hmm. and then the guy that's a nice guy. Because I would get too bored with the nice guy because that's all he had. He just was... He just was a, a nice guy. Yeah. But, and then, but then on the other spectrum, I would go way left field. Yeah. And like I said, like, <laughs> like I said, I can relate to the, the girls on Tinder Swindler because I was always fixing a guy's mess that I was with mm-hmm. and it kept me preoccupied, but that's not healthy in no way, shape or form. So now, Absolutely. 
in my early 30s, I'm like coming into my own and really learning and being patient and waiting yeah. um, as well. But I had those yeah. same issues where I couldn't find somebody that was on my level due to um, the amount of money that I make in the career that I'm in. And then even like what I think about as far as business and where I want to be, like mm-hmm. there, I had issues for the longest, like, and even now I still have issues like finding guys that could relate to me and I could have conversations based around that. And I was told, well, you're being too masculine or you're being too this. And it's like, damn, how do I have to, do I just pin down like my, my personality? Now I understand being more softer and being a little more, I can understand that, which I also am that too. So it's like, Mm -hmm. but do I have to dim down all of the other parts of me as well? You know what I'm saying? You are, and every woman, not just you, but every woman is a multifaceted human being. Mm. You have multiple sides to you. You are a businesswoman. You are a full-time worker. You are a soft woman. You can be multiple things at the same time. And you get to choose how you want to show up at any given moment in time because it's all still a reflection of you. And that is something I had to learn too. Again, I'm only speaking from experience here. Because I used to, I've been online dating girl for, God, it had to be like 10 years now, right? Right. And so I used to, I remember my last dating profile, I did not specifically put in my profile what I did for a living because I will, I will often meet men when they found out what I did, I physically saw the dollar sign rolling in their eyes. It's crazy. <laughs> right. And so I was like, on the answer, on the question that says, you know, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I'm in a position where I, um, where my work improves the lives of people. And I love what I do because I get to see the development of that from beginning to end. Very vague, but it's still true. Definitely using that (laughs) sentence moving forward. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would write my profile in a way where it was intriguing but not give you too much information. But oh, if you paid attention to how I wrote my profile, you can see my character. Mm. You will see my wittiness. I like to make jokes. I'm a Marvel fan. However, I'm still a Batman fan because I still believe that Batman can beat up Superman on any given day and time, come hell or high water. That was in my profile. <laughs> Don't be the best one. I know, right? They do. And so I I learned to I learned to still just giving people direct information. Let me show you a part of myself through my writing. And I look for profiles that would reveal a part of themselves through their writing. Now men communicate much differently than women, right? They do. Um, and so I didn't find a lot of profiles that fit that description. But what I would do is look at the type of pictures they would show too. Like, what story are you telling? And so even when I help women build online profiles, tell a story. You want to tell stories through your pictures. Tell stories through your words. And if I saw a profile where all they're doing was flashing cash or or maybe in a more subtle way, flash like how much money they they made, like they're always taking pictures in front of Porsches or taking pictures in front of Bentleys or something like that. I'm like, there's got to be more to you. Right. And so those are the type of things I will look for. And I will swipe right on somebody out of curiosity. I'm like, okay, this has got to be good. Like, I'm just going to see where this conversation go. But you ain't getting my number. We ain't going out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we ain't got time for the bullshit right now. 
Right. But go ahead. No, no, you keep going. I know I was just going to say from, I've just learned, it's crazy. I've developed a day nap and stuff, but I've just learned to really start paying attention to that stuff and how important it is. So you can find a match. Cause I think a lot of people, what they do, they get on day naps and they're only really looking at the face. They're not really paying attention to the person's pictures, how it, how they try to show their lifestyle or what you see in the pictures. And I don't think people, people don't seem to like to read anymore, but I know I've gotten more into, like you just said, trying to build my profile. And also if someone does ask me, that's something I would suggest to people like really look for people who show some type of personality, not somebody who's giving away everything, but somebody who gives something, you know, that could lead deeper into a conversation once you message them. Yeah, absolutely. And then what what we get caught on, caught up in is looking for signs of success. And I think that's how the Tinder swindler was able to get in with so many people so quickly is that you're looking for someone who is successful or who is on the path to success and can build with you. And so, you know, he has a million dollar smile and I'm a, I, I am a sucker for smiles now. That was my weakness. But... <laughs> <laughs> but if he's if he's always showing and he's saying the right words that tell you he's successful, we we are like gung ho. Well, okay, I can't let this man go. Um, you know, no one else this success was going to be that interested in me. And and like you were saying earlier, it can come from past experiences, right? Because I'm 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 transparent on the on the podcast, you guys. I tell all my business. So um, I remember I was in my early 30s. I had met a guy. I thought we were on the same level. He was an engineer. He was uh, had an MBA and he was working at some big name company. And we've gone out a few times, had a great, great connection or so I thought. And then all of a sudden he ghosted me. I didn't hear from him anymore. And I was just so heartbroken because after a series of meeting men who were not what I thought on my level mentally or emotionally or financially, I meet this guy. We seem to match on all levels and he disappears. I'm like, okay, I'm not attractive enough for men who are on my level. (laughs) That was my reason. And I was so heartbroken. (laughs) I feel that pain because I <laughs> and 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 that's the part of our heart. That's the part of our self-esteem that we really gotta work on and we really got to absolutely gotta work out those muscles more because someone's acceptance or rejection of you does not determine your worth or your value. It doesn't. Majority of the time, people most of the time when people are dating and choosing things. It could be nothing to do with looks or anything like that. Maybe something with your personality didn't mesh mesh with that person. But again, what did you say earlier? Um, Any rejection is God's protection. Yeah. You probably would have kept going because you were this great person and was, you know, in the same field and blah, blah, blah. But say if you guys would have continued, could have been a a disaster. disaster. He probably had, he probably didn't share and, Yep. I just see this ray of sunshine in you. I was like, I'm going to ruin this girl's life. And probably <laughs> moved on. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I had to learn. I had to learn. Yeah. thank God for those type of men because I've had my own experiences like that and would be so heartbroken. But then later on down the line, say if you're you kind of running the same circles with mm-hmm. them, 
person or you might know somebody, you find out other things through them. And it's like, you know what? Thank you, God. Yep. For real. Sometimes <laughs> it be like that. <laughs> yep. Girl, how about my best friend? She ran into him. Girl, this had to be like months later, if not like a year later. She, Girl, she quartered him at a house party. I was like, I was like, what are you doing? Oh, shit. I just, can you date my friend? Uh, why did you just ghost her like that? I need an explanation. I'm like, I don't need an explanation. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I asked him anyway, and he was like, well, I don't feel as if I needed to give her an explanation. I was like, see right there? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Because he did not value me. He did not value and the presence of someone else in his life. That that is that part right there. I don't think he yeah. would value anybody. No. In that regards. Like ghosting is so painful. Like, and I noticed too, like in Tinder Swindler, I don't know, this is probably on my mind. Like, he was unavailable majority of the time. Like yeah. during the he was that definitely a red flag, the inconsistency and and the, like I said before, for that, I know that's totally off topic for what you were talking about. But that just that just popped up in my head. Like, that's a good thing that he did that. He yeah, went ahead and just absolutely. said he. That was a blessing. That was a redirection. That was all of the above. Right. Because okay? you don't want nobody who can't communicate. Exactly. You don't want anybody I mean, like that. And mm-hmm. sometimes it is hard telling people, I don't think we're a good fit. But And that was my line. You know, I don't like hurting anyone's feelings. I don't like... Um, I don't like doing anything to cause anyone pain. So even when I was dating and I figured out like this person's not a good fit, I would just tell them, I don't think we're a good fit. And most men would accept that. There's always that one who want to act crazy. Girl, yeah. like, how are you going to break up with me over the, over the phone? I'm like, sir, we're not even in a relationship. Like I'm not breaking up. I'm just saying we need to on a good, we hadn't even been on a date yet. He was insisting to come to my house. Oh no. I don't let people come to my house on a first date. We go out and meet somewhere in public. But he was insisting on coming to my house, insisting on a lot of things that he was not respecting my boundaries. And so I told him, I don't think we're a good fit because I keep telling you this is a boundary I'm not ready to cross and you want to cross it. Girl, he called me everything but a child of God. And I hung up. I don't know why these men are like that. It's so, some of these men are crazy. Not all of them, as you know. Um, you being married and all that. Out there. That, that's, ugh. Some but you do crazy. have to filter out the ones who are toxic, the ones who are disrespectful, the ones who are manipulators. And that's why it's so important for us to, and this is, I kind of want to segue the conversation to this topic too, is protecting yourself while online dating so that you don't get caught up in manipulators, get caught up in liars, get caught up in all the people who want to use you. Because this is one thing I tell my clients all the time, just because a liar or a manipulator or, or a user is attracted to you, it doesn't say anything about your character. Now, when Mm -hmm. you start consistently letting them into your life and letting them into your heart, that is your sign that you need to do something differently. Definitely. But it's a numbers game for these men. Let me be real about that. They're just waiting on that one person to say, yes, you don't have to be that one person. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's definitely true. Um, I know a lot, a lot of red flags, I said it was a lot of them in Tinder Swindler. The first one was the love bombing. Like, mm-hmm. and then him 
like I think she liked him and then automatically, you know, he messaged her. Like he yeah. you know, and then wanting to meet right away, which is cool. That's that's fine for some people. Yeah. Um, I know they say that's a red flag to I don't see that as a red flag meeting right away. It Me depends. personally. It depends. But yeah. then literally not even like a couple of hours later, you're on a, a, a quote unquote jet with him. You know, why is he willing to spend all this money on you and he just met you? You know what I'm saying? So I right. think really paying attention to love bombing. And then he went ghost for a while after that yeah. night. She didn't hear from him. The inconsistency. I think that's right. a red flag. Um, right. And then all of a sudden she she wrote him, I miss you. And I think that just led the, the gateway in for him to kind of just do what he wants to do. And then he because continued with the flag. She got emotionally attached she after did. one date. Date. Let's not do that, ladies. <laughs> right. Let him earn your heart. And I think too, like if I don't know, me being in that situation, the coffee date would have been enough. Like I don't know you from Adam. Why would I be? I don't know if you're gonna chop my legs off in this plant. Right? I don't know, or where you're gonna <laughs> take me. Like we know, you know. I think that that would have ended it right there. Like yeah. my super my suspicions would have popped up. Like, no, we can meet when you come back or something like that. Let's stay in touch. And then, then from there you can gauge and test. Can this guy be consistent? If he was, if he liked me enough that night to be willing to fly me out, let's see how consistent he could be. It should carry over until he comes. Right. You know, like really testing those things and, and asking questions and stuff like that. But again, he seems like somebody with a lot of money and people don't, they don't want to lose out on that opportunity. So I guess just thinking back, I wouldn't know how to, cause I know a lot of women, like they have their, you know, their rose colored glasses on for men with mm-hmm. money, like thinking on that, especially when you, you're somebody who don't come from money or you're somebody who's dealt with guys who don't have it. Like I'm still, this is me being totally transparent for me. I'm still learning um how to try to think of the right word i'm still learning how not to get caught up you could say Mm. in that what i guess even somebody for what advice would you give a 31 year old on that like somebody who comes from having this even to a point of taking care of certain people a man or something like that to now trying to find balance and you might see somebody who says Prince of Diamonds on there. Uh, how do you lead somebody into to not falling for the hype yeah. for the for just the money? Like, yeah, it's 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 hard not to do when you don't when you're not clear on the gateway. So you remember that mm. um, movie called Meet the Fo- Meet the Fockers? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So this movie is like I don't know. That's like 10 or 15 years old. There was like three or four movies in the series. But mm-hmm. um, the gist of it was, let me make sure I get this right. Um, I think somebody was married into the family and the the grandfather, the patriarch of the family was very resistant to let, let that person in. And so what he described it as was these inner circles of trust. And mm-hmm. you have to see yourself like that. Your heart is in the middle and there. For me, there are like three circles of trust or three circles of gateways you have to pass before you are allowed access to my heart. Okay. And you have to decide 
what those gateways look like for you. So when I'm just meeting you, you are all the way outside the circle of trust. I may right. like you. You may have money. You may look good, smell good, do all the things, got a gorgeous smile. You may have all of the above, but mm-hmm. you're still outside of that circle of trust. Because you have not shown me your character yet. I need to see if you are actually intelligent. I need to see if you are trustworthy with the small things. Like if we say we're going to meet at the mall at 6 p.m., then are you showing up at 6.30, 5.45, or are you right at 6 o'clock? That's my first test. And I don't say you go out and play games with people, but you pay attention to how they show up for you. Definitely. And then once he passed that first test, now he's into the second outer circle. So now we've gone out on a couple of dates. Yeah, he's trying to take me out to five-star restaurant, a Michelin restaurant, out of his yacht and stuff. I don't trust you like that yet. I appreciate it. But guess what? I get to set the tone for the pace of my relationships. Mm. So I'm like, okay, we met at the mall first. You want to take me out on this yacht? Or you want me to go on a road trip with you? Let's, I, I appreciate that, but I'm not quite comfortable yet. How about we go to um, to this to a food truck festival? You know, it's summertime. The sun is out. The weather is like, let's do something casual and fun. Let's just talk. Let me. And in my mind, I want to see how you act around other people. Absolutely. So that's what I would tell people to do. You want to set up certain levels of trust or certain gateways that that people have to pass before they get access to your heart and to your time like that. Okay, I have another question. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm turning this into my podcast. I have <laughs> no, another question okay. for you, Sharika. <laughs> okay, so again, like I was like I was saying before, you when you when you have like childhood wounds and abandonment mm-hmm. issues and stuff like that, how would you work with somebody who has those issues? Because with them, I think with those type of people, they let other people take the pace of the relationship you have to for you to mm-hmm. end up on a, like a situation like in tender swindler like you you have no control like how do you even teach somebody to have the courage to gain control like sometimes for me I can speak for myself probably seven years ago it would have been very hard for me to be like hey I want to go here instead of you coming to my house or me going to your house like let's mm-hmm. let's go here and I think yes. just even though I wouldn't have admitted it seven years ago, but of course, fear of like, okay, he's going to say no. And then it's in my face to make a decision. Do I drop this guy or do I keep going? No one, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. It was crazy. So how? Do, <laughs> what would you say to somebody who has those issues? Because I think when we really peel back all the layers, that's where it comes from. Because anybody who can, like you just named, take control of, the situation, they wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. One, first thing you have to do is get used to giving yourself some grace. Forgive Mm. yourself from the times you did not honor yourself. Because that's really all all it is. When you feel as if you don't have the courage to say what you want and what you don't want for fear of rejection, you are abandoning yourself. And that's really what you're doing. And so you have to recognize what you're doing and then forgive yourself for that because you're just responding to what happened in your past, whether it was a past romantic relationship or a past how you were brought up. It's something you're responding to. And then the next thing I would do is let you write your own story because how you do one thing is how you do everything. 
So if you are abandoning yourself and not honoring yourself in the realm of dating, you're probably doing it some other area. It probably is in your relationship with your parents. It's probably in your relationship with your siblings or your friends. It's probably in your relationship with people you work with. Right. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So where else is it showing up in your life? And then we work out a regimen on how to reclaim your power in one area at a time, just doing one step. So, for example, um, let's say you're usually the one who say yes to everything your friends want to do. Like um, your friends want to go sky jumping. And you're like, yeah, no, I really don't want to do that. But I'll show up, though. I'll be the camera. I'll be the, the picture person, right? <laughs> I'll be the documentary person. <laughs> but I would encourage you and say, is this something you really want to do? If it's not something mm. you really want to do, if it's not something that brings you joy, if it's not something that brings you peace, I will encourage you to say no. No, thank you. I'll catch up with you next time. So putting into practice the little ways of saying no. And then it's not just saying no, it's saying, I don't want to do this today, but I know that you like adventure. How about we do um, kayaking, you know, next week? Because it's adventurous, something I feel comfortable in doing. I think it's a win-win for both of us. So I would, so that's how I would get you slowly but surely comfortable in recognizing your power, getting comfortable in taking charge in different areas of your life and then guide you through doing it in your relationships. Because even before you start dating, you have to have in your mind what you will do and what you want to do. So for example, I, I already know if you ain't my man, if we ain't talking about marriage, you ain't getting money out of me. I might take you out on a date because I do like treating somebody every once in a while, but I'm not going to write you a check for $500. Yeah. I'm not going to go to ATM and put gas in your car. You know, and, and that's one of the things that, that gets you in relationships or dating situationships. That's not healthy for you because, and, and I may be going off on a tangent here, but oftentimes, especially us women who have strong personalities who are really ambitious. We want men who are quote unquote leaders, but we don't allow them to be leaders because we want to be their Olivia Pope. We want to be mm. their fixer. Yeah. We want to help them become the man that we think they should be instead of empowering them to be the best version of themselves. But I diverge. <laughs> that, that's a whole nother topic a right there. Oh my God, I think a lot of people need to hear. <laughs> we might do another episode on that. Yes. <laughs> that's a whole conversation because I was that person because although I see myself as an ambitious, um, you know, go-getter type of person, I have a heart for people. Yeah. I love people. And I would give... I would give almost anything to help somebody out. But I also found myself being a helpmate to a man who wasn't my husband. And I have to explain this to, to women who are caught up in that. You can only help somebody who's in the process of doing something. That's a fact. You see, we try to help somebody who ain't doing nothing, then get mad when there's no fruit to your labor. Well, hell, he ain't doing nothing. Right. You know, Majority he's... Right. You know, you you're trying to help him get his get his degree or help him get a better job. Well, hell, he didn't even fill out the job application. 
but you push him, you doing it for him. You going to buy his clothes, you filling out the job application, you doing all the research because you're better at it. Yeah, you right. may be better at it, which is great. But when are you going to let him show you what he's made of, what he right. can do? And then ask him, how can I help you do something you're already doing? Instead of us coming up and inserting ourselves into his life, inserting ourselves into the process without him inviting you into it. And that's something I had to learn for myself. And I feel like even though it's totally on the other side of the spectrum, it's still kind of linked to the tender swindler because yeah. even a woman like that could be swoon. Because at the end of the day, if I know me, I have a heart for people. And if me having a heart for somebody, if I want what's best for them, Maybe not to that degree, because I don't mm-hmm. know how the hell I would be able to get money to that extent. Maybe that's right. the only reason why. But <laughs> I would want to help that person that I so-called love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you it all kind of relates. Point. Yeah. You make a good point because many of us, especially women who are entrepreneurs and women who are ambitious women in our industry... So part of the reason why you're not at the level of financial success you desire to be, because God knows you will get swindled by somebody who's running away from, <laughs> from a, a, a diamond prince or whatever the case is, because God knows you don't give all your money away. <laughs> you know, I thought about that like literally two weeks ago because I still have, I still, and this is me being totally transparent. I still have an ex who I would insert my, self in and help and blah, blah, blah. But I've been scaling back now for years now, like, but we're still friends. And I've, sometimes I wonder like, okay, God, why am I not here in this space? Yeah. Where I think I should be. And that thought literally popped up in my head. Literally Listen a to weeks it. ago. You probably going to give up. <laughs> Listen to it. Trust your gut. You mm-hmm. have an intuition that the people of the opposite sex do not have. Listen to it yeah. because it will save you so much heartbreak. And here's the other thing too, especially for us women who are people pleasers, women who have big yeah. hearts. We are so afraid of cutting people off. Yeah. Let me tell you something. My block game is strong, girl. It is strong. I, <laughs> I have a whole list of numbers in my phone that's under do not answer DNA. And before the block feature became available on the phone, that started this years ago. Because yeah. I'm like, if we weren't good in a relationship, the reason we weren't good in a relationship because we weren't friends. And if mm. we weren't friends in a relationship, we're not going to be friends after the relationship. And so when we break up, you go on block. You go on DNA. I have nothing to say to you. Now, there are very few. I can think of one person. We are loosely friends. Like we speak once every three or four years. Like gotcha. <laughs> that we used to date 20 years ago. But like, no, but he found me like on Facebook or something, but he doesn't have my number. Gotcha. But we don't, I don't, I don't go back into the past. I don't try to maintain friendships with people who did not honor me. And when you go back and think about the reasons, the core reasons why a relationship did not work out, there was either disrespect, there was dishonor, or that person or you did not value the other person. I can definitely. Right. I can definitely agree with that. Um, I can. And even with this particular ex that I am speaking of, there was 
I'm going to say not honoring me definitely during the yeah. relationship. It was yeah. after the fact yeah. some things that came after the fact and we built some type of friendship. But again, he's still that person that just can't, he can't seem to get it right in life. And I'm also in that mode with him where it's kind of like, I might have to put the block on yeah, because it's, I think it is taking me away from, where I'm supposed to be. And I do yeah, feel it's like a distraction. I believe. Yes. Ooh, yes. It's a it distraction. Is. Once you recognize those distractions and a distraction, I would say is anything that takes your focus or your resources, your focus or your resources off the path that you are on. Because a distraction isn't just someone who's tall, dark, and handsome. A distraction is someone you meet on match.com or, or a distraction is someone you meet on Tinder who's asking you for $500 million, knowing that you should be starting up your business with that $500 million, but you're going to give it to him That's because true. he needed really badly. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. would say toxic, like looking out for toxic signs. For me, like I said, the first thing was, it was the <laughs> someone who puts Prince of Diamonds. Yeah, we probably would swipe right, but I would hope it would just be out of curiosity to see what his conversation is on and not believe if he starts going into how much money he has, mm -hmm. really believing it. Because to me, if you put something like that on it, it tells a little bit about your personality. Like like you have, um, I can't even think of the word. I don't want to say nar narcissist, but- yeah, um kind of arrogant. Gra yeah, grandiose. Is that the word? Grandiose? Like it's not exactly not yeah, like you you have those tendencies and that's not anybody you'd want to deal with in a relationship. I think love bombing, like off vert, like you've only been talking for a couple of weeks and he's sending flowers all the time and taking you out on jets and doing all this stuff and he barely knows you, that's definitely a red flag and I love you and I miss you. Even if he's not doing all of that, the simple yeah. even down to simplest forms like Guys who are like, I love you or I miss you. I remember I had one guy, he would constantly send me R&B YouTube songs. Yes. Like, blow, like boom, boom. And I had to toss it. I feel like you're love bombing me. And he, yeah. he, he was like, what does that mean? I was like, Google it. And he's like, all right, I'll fall back. <laughs> After he Googled it, all right, I'll fall back then. I was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? But then literally, I think two to three weeks later, I did something he didn't like, or I said something that he didn't like. I got the cussing of my life. Do you hear me? Yeah. But it yeah. definitely, but it, but when I put that boundary down, it definitely showed, okay, he, he was just love bombing me and it proved the point. So even though, say, if you're somebody like, like me who has abandonment issues, push past that and don't be afraid to really set your boundaries and ask those questions because it will then reveal true character and it may hurt. But it's at the end, know that it's for your protection. So I would yeah. say from Tinder Swindler, definitely those things. I'm sure there's more that you can add to it. But just at first glance, those are definitely the red flags yeah. like that came out for me as far as that. Yeah. And the other thing, I'll add a few more to that. One is make sure you have a strong tribe of friends. You know, your tribe, it doesn't have to be like 20 different women or whatnot, but have at least two to three women, maybe even a man in there that you trust that you can do the bullshit test with. That's, there you go. Yeah. Does this sound right to you that this guy who's supposed to be the prince of uh, diamonds and 
some people are threatening his life and he needs to escape. Like, does that sound right to you, mama? I'm going to be like, girl, what you talking about? <laughs> you don't stop watching these soap operas? But no, this is real life. This is real life. Um, this is happening right now. <laughs> Right, so they can help yeah, you. Like, I think if some of these women had a strong enough tribe, and here's a you talk about signs to watch out for. Look at yourself when this, because this is something I found myself doing. Usually, when your bullshit meter is going off or your intuition is going off, we we want to ignore it. When we ignore it, we stop talking about what's happening. Right. We don't tell our friends what we're going through. We don't talk to our mom or our dad or whoever our trusted advisor is about what we're doing. And when you start finding yourself answering generic questions, oh, girl, we fine. Oh, everything's going okay. Like you're not actually talking to anybody about your relationship or your dating situation. That may be a sign that you're hiding because something you know is not right and it's happening. And you're ashamed. Let me tell you, shame will have a stronghold on you. You're ashamed That's the truth. of telling anybody because you feel as if you made too many mistakes in the past. You don't want this to be another mistake on your record. That's deep. I didn't even think about that because I had a strength. Like, I don't even know if I would have went to my parents or trusted friends if I was in a particular situation like that because of the bad decisions I made in the past. That's so true. Yes. That is true. That shame will have a stronghold on you. <laughs> and it will keep you in situations longer than what you intend, what you intended to, even what God intended you to. Because that shame keeps, keeps you in hiding. And the more you stay in hiding, the more that you're, you're going to make decisions from a place of the shadows. God, you You're not so making much decisions sense. in the light, and the light is the truth. That makes and sense. there's this thing, you know, our grandma used to say and stuff, tell the truth and shame the devil. Mm. That's what you need to do. If you're not talking about your relationship because you are afraid of what people may say about your relationship, there is that is a sign that something may not be right. Now, there's a difference between talking to everybody about your relationship and talking to the right person about your relationship. Because one thing I don't like about what's happening right now in society is that we've learned a new word. That new word is narcissism. And everybody's a narcissist now. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I said, right. That's why I said, I don't want to use the word because that, you know, but yeah, that is the big word right now. And that it is true that there are a number of people who are undiagnosed narcissistic personality disorder. That is a true statement. Mm-hmm. And if we are really real with ourselves, most people have narcissistic tendencies. We have those little moments where it's about us. We have those little moments where we do want people to make decisions that will benefit us the most. We have those moments, but it doesn't mean that you're a narcissist or everyone is a narcissist. Right. But I have found myself at times not telling certain people in my friend circle about my relationship because I knew that they would respond from a place of hurt. They'll respond mm. from a place of pain in their own lives, in their own situation, and not be able to speak to me from a place of wisdom and discernment. Right. So you have to be smart about who you choose to talk to. And you're not just always going to people for advice or whatnot, but it's just a bullshit test. Does it sound right to you? Right. <laughs> Should I give him $5 million on my bank account? That's supposed to be for my retirement. 
Should I give him five hundred dollars? Let's let's be real. Let me, let's talk on our level because I'm gonna <laughs> Five million dollars in my bank account. Not yet. It's coming. Right. It ain't there yet. Okay. Now, am I giving somebody five hundred dollars? Eh, probably not. Am I giving somebody five thousand dollars? Hell no. We signed the contract. That's a fact. Now, this day and age, yes, especially where I'm at now, we definitely signing the contract. I need oh, to know yeah. when that's coming back. If if I give it. Right. Let me. So another story. So I was dating this guy and he needed a place to stay. Right. So I was like, okay, you and your son, y'all can move in with me. But I wanted him to sign a, a rent agreement. Girl, he got all kinds of indignant, all kinds of indignant. He was like, why I got to sign a rental agreement? We in love. I was like, you in love. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I like you. And we've been dating for a few months, but this is a young relationship. Like, and I was in a place where I wasn't, I should not have been dating at that time. If I'm all, if I'm honest with myself, I should not have been dating at that time because there was too much chaos in my personal life that, that I could not see clearly in my love life. And, and this is another thing too. If you have too much chaos going on in your life, whether it's financial, whether it is in your business, if it's in your work any kind of chaos that's going on or, or if you feel if you're not in love with your life if you don't wake up at least once a week and once a month to say I really love my life I am so grateful for where I am and really mean that yeah. you probably should not be dating because you got some more work you got to do because you're you want to bring somebody into your life at a good place you do because if you don't you'll end up turning to that person and looking for things that you feel they're supposed to feel. And that, yeah. that's not really how it's supposed to work. I think right. we're wake, society is waking up from that, but we still have a yeah. lot of work to do around that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so he was, he was, he was mad about that real agreement. He was like, well, this ain't going to be real. I was like, no, it is a real agreement. So you agreed to pay X amount of dollars on this month, on this day of the month. And he signed it reluctantly, but he didn't keep up with it, which was another sign of who of the type of person he was for whatever reason. And here's another thing. There are so many clues here, girl. Another thing is meet his friends and have a conversation. And mm. I would ask if he comes to you consistently asking for some kind of financial help or whatever the case is, and he doesn't have any friends in his life that could support him. That's a red flag too. That's a huge red flag. That's a recent lesson I had to learn from um, an ex. All his friends were of caliber that I know I I don't want in a man. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as people say, you got to look at the person as the person. That's true. You're supposed to and you should. But most of the time, if they're spending a lot of time with a certain caliber of people, I trust and believe some of those tendencies are mixed in. And I bring that up because the caliber of people he was with, mm-hmm. they were always needing money or trying to um trying to see what they can get out of a woman or trying to see what they mm-hmm. can get out of somebody. And that ended up being that of him. Yeah, he wanted better and he had ideas of what he wanted with his life. So that kind of what got me to fall for yeah. like the potential, right? But there was yeah, nothing yeah. moving for real. And yeah, that's something I had to learn and really look at everything and not just certain yeah. parts like of what I wanted and make up in my head of what I thought he was or what I thought he could be and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. And even with the friendship, you want to make sure you want to ask yourself because the people he may be around may actually be good people. Uh They're not always like on the opposite end of the spectrum, but if they are refusing to help him, Mm. they want to ask why this was something I should have paid more attention to because I asked the question, why don't you call your best friend and how, and you go stay with your best friend until you find a place to stay. Or I should have asked the question like, why, why would your sister <laughs> not tell you she was breaking her lease to move out? And you just found out the last minute. Like there was just some things there. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Whole situation, a whole situation. Ugh. But if I had been smarter, there was a reason why his friends would not let him from stay with him. He finally told me, he said, because of the situation with his son. And his son, and that whole situation brought additional chaos into my life. And at the end, I was like, so you thought it was okay to bring the chaos into my life? A woman, you just met a woman you claim to love, but you honored your friends enough to not bring that chaos into their lives. Something's not right. Because even the tender swindler, with him talking about, oh, somebody's chasing me, somebody is... um, Somebody is coming, is trying to kill me. Why would you bring that into my life? That's the first thing I ask, sir. You got somebody coming after you. Am I safe? Am I not safe? I need you to get top like ten hundred thousand dollars right. away. From me. That would be yeah. my life. Right. And then your father is the king of diamonds. You your your credit cards and stuff, you're on these missions or whatever, traveling for his business. Why Man. can't your father? So these are questions that it's yeah, it's crazy. Like but that's why I said again, it's so crazy how strong like some of these these wounds can be, like yes. that's wrapped around abandonment. Or you will yes. not, and then like I said, he put that facade on for all of them in the beginning. All of them that like, he had this money was stuff that these women probably have never seen before. So it's sad how those simple questions just kind of went over their heads. Like, yeah. It, but yeah, that would have definitely would have been like, what, what, where's your father? Is his cars frozen too? Yeah, like I'm confused. Like, what is going on? Y'all don't, y'all don't. Wouldn't you know something like this would happen? Y'all don't have extra money saved somewhere? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. But ask better questions. Ask smarter questions. And if he gets offended by the questions or his answer don't don't pass the bullshit test, pull back. You have you think. Go ahead. No, no, I'm listening to y'all. That's saying you have to pull back because like, go back to what I said earlier. Tell the truth and shame the devil. The, what that also means is tell yourself the truth. Stop making up a, a pretty story for a bullshit answer. Right. Because we, because they may say, oh, you know, I can't get to the money. It's going to take three days. And so we tell ourselves, okay, he does have the money. It's going to take him a while. Let me tell you something. I, I go to my bank right now on a Sunday. I can call them up right now. So I need to get $5,000 cash out of my account by Tuesday. And they will have it by Monday. Right. That's a normal bank. Okay. <sighs> so I'm going to need you to come up. It doesn't, it doesn't pass a bullshit test. So we have to start telling ourselves the truth. And be okay with leaning back. But again, to your point, we're so afraid of rejection. And this is why it's important to work with the coach, to work with a a therapist before you start dating and while you date. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. I keep a therapist on on tap, okay? 
<laughs> right. Like, cause, because every coach needs a coach. Every therapist needs a therapist. I think every woman needs a coach and a therapist. <laughs> Agreed. Because we can talk about red flags all day, right? But I really think it stems down to where we come from. What really, what, how, how deeply does a person really want to connect with another person? And what are they willing to do to do that? And then why? And peeling yeah. back those layers. And that takes yeah. more than just looking at the red flags because red flags could be glaring in somebody's face and it could look like a red flag to me and you. But it's a green flag to a person who honors the Cinderella Disney movies because yes. they feel that the rich man will like the poor girl because in their minds, the rich man is looking for something deeper than right. what maybe another rich person can give him. You know right. what I'm saying? So it is coaching, therapy, having a group of friends. And that's another thing that's kind of sad because in today's society, it seems like women don't want to, they don't want to connect with other women. I, I think that's it's so easy. I was one of those people too. Not saying I didn't want to connect with them, but I think, for me, I'm, I think for me, my personality is like super competitive. Mm. And it's, I think for me, just this subliminally, I just felt better by myself. Like I've always had one best friend, but she's in another state. And I just, I never had that circle of friends where I can be like, hey, is, is this bullshit? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's a problem too. And yeah. trying to figure out how to knock down those barriers in society too, because a lot of women don't want to connect with other women. Women are too catty and which is not always the case and not always true. You got to learn discernment. And when you don't trust other people, you're showing that you don't trust yourself. That's something I've learned. Say that again, girl. That's something I've learned too. So (laughs) yeah. And it's it's not just a sign you don't trust yourself. You don't trust the God that's in you. Mm, Because guess what? The spirit of God lives in you. Your intuition lives in you. When you don't trust yourself, you don't trust that God is in you, leading you down the best pathway for your life. That's a whole nother conversation. Honey. That is a whole nother. That's a whole nother conversation. It is. But yeah, really doing the work, really working with somebody. And like I said, people don't people don't realize that we have that inner child that's always going to be with us. That will yeah. take this. That will take the steering wheel of your life. Yeah. And we'll and we'll fuck some shit up. Right. <laughs> thinking trying to get certain needs met that they didn't get met early on, thinking that thinking thinking that if somebody could meet them, maybe like for me, for example, my father just try to tie it. My father was very dismissive growing mm-hmm. up. So then you 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 know you get older and then you you find somebody you like and that person may be dismissive and then you're trying to fix that broken relationship. that you had as a kid but you're an adult with a different person like you can't discover this stuff until you're really talking to a professional so right um yeah coaching is definitely important the red flags are cool but how do you know what a red flag is if you if you don't know the deeper parts of yourself so right and and it is possible for you to discover your own red flags it is possible for you to do your own inner work but guess what? It's going to be longer. It's going to be harder. Yeah. You're going to bump your head a whole bunch of times yeah. because I think you can agree, DJ, a lot of our experiences, a lot of the advice that we give to our clients comes from a lot of our personal experiences right. where we bumped our heads. We got the scars to prove it. And, and we got yeah. the stories. I've got 2,800 journals over here. All the times that I'm bumping my head. And I, I, got all. <laughs> I got a lot of stories too. <laughs> 
<laughs> I but, think I got my own Tinder swindler story, child. I just, I yeah. So not to that degree, but it's action packed and crazy. No money came out of it, but yeah, honey, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we got our <laughs> stories. We got our stories. But I think our saving grace too is because we have a heart to serve other people. We've also learned. We we became coaches. We train. We learn. Um, the the clinical side of it as well. We're not therapists, we're not counselors, but we know a lot of the psychology that happens behind women and our decisions and and how our past impacts our present that's keeping us from our future. Absolutely. And until you unpack what's happening in your present and understand how it relates to your past, you won't ever walk into the future that you truly deserve and desire. You're going to be stuck in this cycle of being manipulated, stuck in the cycle of believing that all men are dogs, stuck in the cycle of getting exhausted and frustrated with dating because you're meeting the right people because you're getting emotionally attached with every person mm. that says hello in your DMs. Yeah. And we got to change that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> change that. <laughs> and we are changing that one conversation at a time. And that's why. I started this pro- this podcast, Orgasmic Relationships, because I truly believe that every woman is capable of having the type of orgasmic relationship that they desire, not just sexually, because we need orgasm sexually. Now, let's be real about that. Yes. But every area of your relationship should give you that orgasmic feeling. It doesn't mean your relationship is going to be perfect. But it does mean that you you are in a relationship where you're both are committed and doing the work to bring pleasure, to bring fulfillment, to bring deep understanding and connection in every area of your life. Absolutely. And if we keep falling for the bullshit on Tinder, the bullshit on Facebook dating, the bullshit on whatever other dating app is out there, you're never going to get there. And we don't want that for you. I know that you don't want that for you and I don't want that for you. So we're doing something different today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my empowerment speech for today, okay? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so DJ, tell me, what is one thing you want our audience to take away from this whole conversation for us? I think you you hit it on the, the nail when you talked about, like, getting a coach, getting a therapist. Um, if it's If it's not you, because I'm not seeing anybody right now as far as coaching. But if it's not Sharika, find somebody else. Really, really talk to somebody, especially if you're somebody who is in toxic dating cycles. Or even if you're not getting swindled to the to the degree of the woman that were on Tinder swindler, but you end up dealing with guys who always have their hand out or or dealing with a guy who always needs something, you know, find out why. Go ahead and try to investigate. Um, peel back those layers, see what's going on. Um, and then also pay attention to the red flags because you probably are not. I know I wasn't at yeah. first. So, yeah. I mean, of course, pay attention to the red flags that you've heard today on the podcast and maybe do some research. But, yeah, talking to somebody um, is very important and it's life changing. So that's yeah. what I will leave the audience with today. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, DJ. And I also want to talk about your dating app because you have a dating app here too called Playing for Keeps. Tell us a little bit of, a little bit about that. Yeah, so I have I created a dating app after um my last relationship, which was about I want to say four years ago now. Um, and that's a long, long story, so I won't get into it. But basically after that relationship, I decided to take the leap as far as 
trying to discover why I chose the people that I chose and why I ended up in these toxic dating cycles, basically um, the same situation, just a different face. And it got worse and worse and worse. Um, so I took a break from dating and just kind of went into self-discovery mode and learned about myself and learned about some of the different things that I mentioned um, here on the podcast and other things. So my dating app, um, it has my own podcast in it, but it also, when two people match, they have to play a game first. And the games that I have, they're based on attachment theory, um, love language, sexual compatibility, and EQ, emotional intelligence, because that's very important it. too. Yes. So you play a quick game first before you can message the person, and then you'll get to see where you guys line up. Um, I felt, I feel like that's important. I know a lot of people don't understand or know about attachment theory. They don't know too much in depth about, um, emotional intelligence and how important that is while dealing with people. So my goal is to really push that out there and just spread that all of those concepts out into the dating. So people can build better relationships. So that's yes. what playing for keeps is about and it's on uh thank you it's on both um google play and um apple store i don't know why we want to call it the iphone store apple store <laughs> and, you, yeah. <laughs> and you just type in playing the number four and then keeps and it'll pop up Great, great. Well, thank you so much. I love the concept. I think that is such a unique spin. And what it and I think what it does is really forces both men and women to get clear about who they are and what they want right. before they start interacting with someone. So I, I absolutely love the concept. Thank and I'm you. I'm praying that this app really blows up for you. That that is gonna that's gonna revolutionize how we show up and how we date online. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, that's definitely the goal for the app. So I'm I'm hoping so and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And how can people follow you on um on social media? So um on Instagram, I am Plan for Keeps app. And I think that's my name on all of the social platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's Plan for Keeps app. Um and if you want to get in touch with me, yeah, you can just message me on, on any of those platforms. I check all of my DMs. So that's how you Fantastic. get in touch with me. Fantastic. Thank you again, DJ. I really appreciate your time here today. I appreciate your insight in the conversation. Like I really enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome to my audience. I hope that this podcast, this episode was a blessing to you today, that you took something from today's conversation and can apply it to your life. Or if not to your life, you could bless your friend, your, your daughter, your niece, or someone else. But this is information that everyone needs to know, whether you're online dating or dating in real life. And so until next time, Always remember to be bold, brilliant, and completely unstoppable in the pursuit of what your heart desires in life and in your relationships. I'll talk to you soon.